was bound to have immeasurable value in his eyes. What's this? he cried, and carefully unfolded on his table a piece of parchment, five inches by three, containing a few lines of unintelligible characters, which was to lead Professor Lendenbrock and his nephew to undertake the strangest expedition of the 19th century. The professor considered this series of characters for a few moments, but could not make head nor tail of them. It's what they call a cryptogram, he said, in which the sense is concealed by a deliberate jumbling of the letters. To think that I may have here the clue to some great discovery. Then the professor took the book and the parchment and compared them. They aren't in the same handwriting, he said. The cryptogram is of a later date than the book. I am therefore led to think that one of the owners of this book wrote these mysterious letters. But who the devil was that owner? Wouldn't he have written his name somewhere in this manuscript? My uncle carefully examined the first pages of the book. On the back of the second page, he noticed a sort of stain which looked like a blot of ink. However, looking at it closely, he made out a few half-obliterated letters. With the help of his magnifying glass, he ended up by distinguishing runic characters, which he read without hesitation. Ansecknesum, he cried triumphantly. Why, that's a name, and what is more, an Icelandic name, that of a famous alchemist of the 16th century. Why shouldn't this Sacknesum have concealed some surprising invention behind this incomprehensible cryptogram? First of all, we must find the key to this cipher. That ought not to be difficult. But what is that key? Axel, have you got it? To this question, I made no reply. My eyes had fallen on a charming picture hanging on the wall. The portrait of Grauben. My uncle's ward was, at that time, staying with one of her female relations, and her absence made me very sad. For, as I can now confess, the pretty Verland days and the professor's nephew loved each other with all the patience and tranquillity of the German character. We had become engaged, unknown to my uncle, who was too deeply absorbed in his geology to understand such feelings as ours. My uncle, thumping on the table, brought me abruptly back to earth. Let's see how this works, Axel. Write down the letters on this scrap of paper. Only, instead of arranging the letters in the usual way, one after the other, put them in vertical columns. I understood what he wanted, and immediately wrote the letters down. That can't be it, he exclaimed. It doesn't make sense. Then, Flying across the study like a cannonball, he rushed out into the Konigstrasse and disappeared as fast as his legs could carry him. I dropped into the old Utrecht armchair, my head thrown back and my arms dangling, and lit my long, curved pipe. Where would my uncle be at that moment? Would he return in triumph or in discouragement? Which of the two would get the upper hand, he or the secret? Asking myself these questions, I picked up the sheet of paper covered with the incomprehensible series of letters. What could it possibly mean? I tried 
grouping the letters together to form words. It was impossible. Whether I put them together in twos, threes, fives or sixes, the result was still unintelligible. As I struggled with this apparently insoluble problem, my brain got heated, my eyes blinked at the sheet of paper, and the 132 letters seemed to flutter around me. I needed air, and without thinking, I started fanning myself with the sheet of paper so that the back and front came alternately before my eyes. Imagine my surprise when, in one of these rapid movements, just as the back was turning towards me, I thought I could see some perfectly legible words. Latin words such as craterem and terrestre. I had found the key to the cipher. To understand the document, it was only necessary to read it through the paper. It could be read out...